This is an SJC Radio production. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Pit Stop with Mr. Bird on SJC Radio. Welcome to episode 10, joined as usual by Joe and Ed. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, what have we got first? Race reports. Okay, so we, it was just MotoGP at the weekend. Um... Ed, over to you. Tell us the results, Ed. Uh, so first, you have Miguel Oliveira, um, the home favourite, I guess, mm. Um, mm. from Portugal. What a shame. I mean, well, it's a fantastic ride. He completely dominated the race. He did. I don't think anybody saw that coming. No, the battle for second was quite good, though. It was. With um, Jack Miller finishing second. I think he overtook on the last lap. He, he did. Uh, Franklin Morbidelli. He did. Um, so good from him. Yeah, he was our tip for the win, wasn't he? he was. Jack Miller. Yeah. None of us saw Miguel Oliveira. None of us saw that coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, good battle for second place. Mm-hmm. But my word, Oliveira absolutely dominated that race. I, you know, the shame for him, he's won his home Grand Prix, which must be you know, a, a dream come true for him. Mm-hmm. What a shame there are no spectators there. Yeah. What a shame. Oh, but, but apparently Miguel Oliveira is a, is a, is a massive, massive star in, yeah. in Portugal. I think he's second only in terms of fame to... Who's that footballer? Ronaldo. Yeah, he's second only to Ronaldo in terms it is, of... It is big in both Portugal and Spain, isn't it? I, I know it's particularly big in Spain. Yeah. I didn't realise how big it was in Portugal. Yeah. Now, I, ha- I have to say, um, Portimao, as a Formula 1 track, I thought it was quite good. As a MotoGP track, I thought it was amazing. The, the bikes just looked... I think it's the roller coaster nature of the circuit. I thought the bikes looked amazing on it. And next year, it's not on next year's calendar. It, it's the reserve. It's the first reserve circuit. It would be a great shame, I think, for MotoGP if that doesn't become a regular event. However, uh, Bruno, which is provision, provisionally on the calendar... Um, that's only going to be on the calendar if they resurface the track. I don't think they can afford to do that. So I think chances are we will be going back to, to Portimao. If it takes the Bruno date, well, that's in August. That's in our holidays. Guess where I'll be going next August? Mm-hmm. 
I'll be going there. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, have, with him having won the first Portuguese Most GP, it, it will be a sellout, won't it? Maybe about 100,000 yes. people there. The atmosphere would be incredible. Um, okay, so what about... Did you see Moto2 at all? I didn't watch any of the Moto2. Moto2 was... Who won Moto2? It was, it was Luca Marini. It was Luca Marini. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what was remarkable about, about Moto2. I'm going to try and get this right because I always get this wrong. I'm sure you'll correct me, Ed. Sam Lowe's? Sam Lowe's. First time I got that right. Sam Lowe's, I think, <laughs> was, I think he was second or third. And I said last week he wouldn't feature at all in the race because of this injury. Mm. Um, now, he obviously qualified well, but I think most people expected him, well, to qualify well because he, he could put a lap together with this injured arm. Nobody expected him to feature in the race. So that was a very gutsy drive, to say the least. I think the Moto3 race... Um, was a bit of a classic, I think. No, 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 no. Sorry. The Moto Theorist was completely dominated by Raul Fernandez. But it was really, really interesting because we had, th we had three riders, you know, go competing for the championship. Um, and it, it, it was interesting how during the race, you had Ayagora, who, who, who dropped down the order, but then he went back up the order. Uh, we also had um, we also had um, Tony Arbolino who qualified twenty oh, something. Um, he came right through the field actually. Um, it was just a really interesting race. The championship was in doubt until the very end because had Arenas, you know, fallen off, then of course he would have lost the championship. So it was very very uh, entertaining. The most dramatic thing of the whole weekend um, was in, it was either in free practice or qualify, and it was happened to Aaron Cannett, who, you know, the, 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 well, we know that it's a very much an up and down sort of circuit. He fell off his bike on one of the crests, and he was sliding down the other side. He realised that the riders behind well, him. Obviously. Absolutely. So he, as he was sliding along, you could see him, you know, scrabbling to get on his feet to, to run off the track. By the time he got to his feet, the bikes were there. Wow. He was unbelievably lucky. Had he moved maybe a foot to the left, he would have been killed. There's no doubt about that. So when he got, by the time he got to his feet, the bikes were on him doing 100 miles an hour. And he was stranded, not in the middle of, of the track, but but... It's one of the most frightening things I've ever seen, actually. I, I, it was... Of course, th these riders, they go back to the pits, they get back on the bike, it's no big deal to them. The fact is, he could have easily been killed very um, easily. That reminds me of the incident from uh, last year, or mm. maybe the start of this year, mm. where uh, I think it was in Spielberg, Austria, MotoGP, mm. and Valentino Rossi, uh, there was debris off of being on a motorbike, a bike, came and like but it must have been centimeters yeah. away from that would have yeah. obviously that was on the, um, killed him kind of the exit of time exit three, wasn't it? i would argue yeah. you you are right i mean he was unbelievably lucky i would argue that that canet's incident was more scary for him because he was aware what was going on rossi yeah, was unaware he just saw a flash there was, there was a red there was a red flag and you could see him looking back on on the incident and yeah you could see it visibly shaken obviously you would be but I, th I think it's when he got back to the pits and he saw the incident, he thought, oh, my word. Yeah. But I don't think he was aware of what was going on at the time. No, no, no. Whereas Canet knew what was going on. You know, he knew he was in a precarious position. And one of the bikes missed him by inches. Wow. He, he would have been killed instantly. 
Um, this is one of the reasons when I, say I, when I say I like MotoGP so much, I don't want to see people being killed, obviously, but these, these riders are so brave because yeah. they're doing something that you and I would never dream of doing and also something that we could never do. Mm -hmm. A, I don't know how okay. to ride a bike, but even if somebody taught me how to ride a bike, I wouldn't be able to lean over and have my knee and my elbow on the ground going at 100 miles an hour around the corner. I'd never be able to do that. Um, so they're incredibly skillful, but unbelievably brave. I mean, they are, I've said this before, they are risking injury every race. Injuries are very common, but also, they're also risking their lives every race. Um, so, therefore, one has a lot of respect for these riders. Um, okay, moving on. What's, what's, what do you got next? Test the teacher. Going to start off actually with test the pupil. Um, I've got a number of questions here. Um, Ed, I'm going to give you the first question. Mm. You have to think about this. But I want you to name three anti-clock right, three anti-clockwise racetracks. Wow. Um, I can name one pretty easily. Okay, say it. Um, into Lagos. Yes. Two. I'm a bit stuck on. Um, that's a tough question. It is. There's, did, did, can you help with this one, Joe? Uh, Circuit of Americas, is that one? Uh, it's, oh, hold on. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Hold on. Just, that is anti-clockwise. Yeah. It is. Okay. And there's one... One more. Current Formula 1 track. Well, I say current. We, we used um, it this year. Been... Not Mugello. No. You're, 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 you're close. You're, you're very warm. You're in the right part of the we, world. You're very much. Well, all the new tracks were in Europe, so. You're um, in the right part of the world. That's a, quite a big clue. The country, I think. Yes, so, well, it, is, it is similar. Yeah. 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 That Must, is anti clockwise. Yeah. You could have gone for Turkey as well. Yes. Turkey's anti clockwise. Of course it is. Right. Okay. So that was a tricky one. Uh, Joe, your question. Okay. This, this might be too easy, but I can make it more okay. difficult if it is. I want you to name. Let's put this up to five. Five. British Formula One drivers, so... Past or present? Or well, both? both, both. I suppose there aren't five present. No, there aren't five present, so okay, five... So we'll start with... I can name it in different like, yeah, yeah. series, but... No, it got to be Formula, Formula One drivers, One. past and present. Okay, well, Lando Norris. Yes, George obviously. George Russell. Yes. Lewis Hamilton. Oh, this guy, okay, that was... Okay, now this uh, is what we have to think. Yeah. Jensen Button. Yes. Uh, Big Tash. Don't, don't help him. Oh, your friend, James Hunt, was he British? Oh, well, he, well, yeah. well, he, well he's British. He does, yeah. doesn't have the big, big moustache. Yeah, that sure was Nigel Mansell. Nigel Mansell, yes. I do yeah. like James Hunt. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, Ed, question for you. Oh, another one. Right, I want you to name... I'm going to go f four Italian Formula 1 drivers, past or present. Right. Um, There's only one present. Yeah, present Antonio Giovinazzi. Right. Okay, this is gonna be okay. That's a good one to get Ooh, out of the way. Three. Three more. Well, that's a good question, isn't it? You can both pitch in on this. Um, it's amazing. There's only one current Italian yeah, Formula One driver. Yeah, You used to have loads of them. Yeah. Ah, I'll tell you how I know this one. What? You'll you'll find out later on in the show. But Giuseppe Farina, the uh, the first World Championship winner. Okay. He was Italian. Okay. Fair enough. You're going back a long way. Yeah. That. That's two. We need two Hit more. Before my time. We need two more. Um, 
mean, if we go back to the 80s, you are sport for choice. Shame you weren't around. A lot before my time. <laughs> okay, let, let, let's think of some recent Italians. Gosh, it's hard to think of recent. I mean, I know lots in the 80s, obviously. But recent Italians? Oh, actually, that's not, not many, bad. really. The good question is, who is, who is the, the most recent Italian Formula 1 driver besides Giovinazzi? I mean, I, I, I could name people like Ivan Capelli, Riccardo Patrese, Andrea De Cesaris. These are very much the 80s and, and, and 90s. Um, when you say, think about it hard, there's not really many. It's surprising a amount. Like, surprising when, little when, amount. When you've got two Italian teams. Yeah, and if you it's chuck in MotoGP in there, or Moto2, it's easy. I know MotoGP is, is full of them and, and Spanish. So... I'll tell you what, let's do some research. Let's find out who was the last Italian in Formula 1 before Giovinazzi. So I have just, just Googled that. Yeah. Um, who was the last Italian F1 driver? It was Before Giovinazzi. Before Giovinazzi. Yeah, give us some clues as well. So we want to see if I can actually get this. Okay. <laughs> um, the initials are GF. And is a Ferrari driver? Uh, yes. Right, GF, GF, GF. It's a better, isn't it? Yes, it is. Hold on, Ed. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, that, that's good knowledge, Ed. And when, when did he retire from Formula 2006. One? 2006. That's Ed and I. That's a lifetime. So are we saying, are we really saying, I, I find this hard to believe, that from 2006, when did Giovinazzi make his debut in, in Formula 1? Uh, he raced Sauber at China, I think, in 17. But so are, are you, really, you, full-time it would have been I find that very hard to believe there would be no Italian drivers between Fisichella... In 2006, and Giovinazzi a couple of years ago. I, I find that 20, almost uh, 2017 season. So obviously, he started there with the Australian Grand Prix. So 2017. I, you've checked this on the internet. Mm-hmm. So that is correct. But I find that very hard to believe. Well, what site are you checking that on? That's on Wikipedia and F1. Wikipedia, oh F1 as well. So you, you've backed that up. I find that un- almost unbelievable. Especially with a massive Italian team. Fan bases. Yeah, yeah. it's huge, isn't it? Crazy. I, I, I am happen. very surprised by that. And he must have been the last Italian Ferrari driver as well. But yes. 14, 14 years. He didn't... Oh, gosh. I mean... Blimey, yeah. He's the last Italian driver for, uh, for 14 years. Blimey. That is extraordinary. Okay. So, moving on, I have a question for Ed. Yes. And I believe Ed has a question for me. I do. Yeah, okay. So, so I'll, start, I'll start with yeah. you. I'll go a little bit off the beaten track. A question, sort of, so I'll start with a question we haven't asked already. Yeah. Uh, name the Alpha current Alpha Romeo principal. Um, that would be Frederick Vassar. That is, that is correct. That's a trick. That a, a, no, I, I wouldn't have got that. Well, it, it's, it's not my era, but I wouldn't <laughs> have got that. You don't have the excuse that we have in the 80s that you weren't alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, you, you're right. Yes. Yes, that's true. Really? Yes. Joe, I have one for you. So I would like you to name five corners from Silverstone Oh, I like circuit. this question. Okay. I like this question. If we'll Joe can't do this, I'll do it for him. We'll start with Maggots and Beckett's. Yeah, good. Uh, Cops. Yeah. Chapel. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's almost there. Oh, okay. Goodness me. Uh, something like Woodman Coat or something oh, like you're, that. Oh, he's very close. You, you, um, there's a few too many uh, few syllables in there. Cut down the syllables and you're Wood- there. 
Woodcote or something. What, what well, is he's as good as there, isn't he? Yeah. What is it? It's, what it is? Woodcote. It, it's Woodcote. Woodcote. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I think there's a pub near me called the Woodman Coat, so maybe that's where I that's got it from. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nuffield or um, Village. Nuffield Village. Yeah. Two um, big ones. Yeah. That's a really good question, that. Good Very questions. good. And now we will do questions for Sir. Okay. Right. I'll start off. So, yep. why did Nicky Lauda miss the 1985 European Grand Prix? I don't actually know the answer to that. Uh, and I said this before, but what I do know, what do I know about that? What do I normally say? Uh, you were there? I was there. I was there. <laughs> yeah, I was. I've said this before because it was Nigel Mansell's first ever win. Uh, I know who took his place. I'm pretty sure it was John Watson uh, took his place. Um, I don't know. I mean, I imagine he's probably injured, but I don't know. Do you, can you give us the answer to that, Ed? Uh, you, you're right. He was well, that, injured, but um, yeah, can he, he injured his wrist at Spa. He injured his wrist at Spa in 85. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really ring a bell, but... Um, yeah, it gave John Watson an extra um, drive because John Watson had been out of Formula One um, for over a year. Okay, so final question for today, for you. Uh, who won the 1983 Monaco Grand Prix? That's an easy one. It's an easy one. I remember it very well. It was Keke Rosberg, father of Nico Rosberg. Um, Correct. Yep. If I remember correctly, let's try and get this right. The, the, I think the track was slightly down, and he was about the only driver who started on slicks, or it's the other way around. He was the only driver, so I'm pretty sure he's the only driver on slicks. He probably qualified in the second row. He completely dominated the race. Yep. Okay. So moving on, what have we got next? Uh, A to Z, and this week it is I. Now, we haven't discussed this beforehand. We haven't. But when I was thinking about it, I think we're very limited to what we can say. It might be we all say the same thing. So I have one in mind. Right, let's go for you then, Ed. You start us uh, off. Nice. No one can copy me now. Uh, my eye is Interlagos. Oh! As mentioned well done, earlier. Bizarrely, bizarrely, I never thought of that. I never thought oh, really? of that. No, oh. I didn't. No. Yeah. Um, Interlagos uh, is one of my favourite tracks. I really like I really enjoy driving it. Um, nice and flowy, especially sector one. I quite like sector. It is a good sector. Is it that, um, that, that nice? We like the Cineresis. We do. Which we mentioned the other day, followed by the straight, followed by that sort of double apex left hand. Yeah, yeah it's a good first sector. And it? Um, yeah, we've seen some pretty good races there in the last few years. Last year in particular, that was a good race uh, with quite an unexpected podium with Stappen, Sainz, and oh, who was it? Pierre Gasly. It was, yes, yeah. it was Gasly. It was Pierre Should Gasly. have been Albon. Should have been Albon. Yeah, he after. was tagged by Hamilton. Which is yeah. why really? Hamilton didn't finish on the podium because he got a penalty. Uh, um, I've heard that before, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Interlagos used to be the last race of the season. Yeah. Because that's where Hamilton won his championship, wasn't it? 2008. Yeah. And that came down to the, as we said, before, the last lap. That all came down to. Who was it? Oh, Tino it was. Long. Yes, Hamilton overtaking. Uh, Timo Glock, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. That's right. And we had Massa was champion for about 10 seconds or something. Yeah. Something like that. It's yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, I, right. It might be that Joe and I have the same one. Joe, what are you going for? I can guarantee we do not have the same one. Oh, really? Are you sure? Well, yeah. let, say it then. So my is, is, is sort of, it's got eye in it. I mean, it is separate from the words. I'll, I'll show it to you. Um, it's a Formula E team 
BMW, I, and Tretti. It's the only I I could come up with. We weren't, as I said, we weren't sport for choice. <laughs> so it's BMW, I, and Tretti. And I, I, I have Googled it. I, it, it does go BMW, space, I, space, and Tretti. So I have, I have an okay. I myself. The obvious it. question is, what does the I stand for? I think it's um, BMW's range of electric. Oh, it was the i8. Oh, really? Well, that makes sense. Right, I chose it because there's this there's, there's young gun, obviously, Max Gunter, who got a win in uh, three podiums, I think, last year. Uh, he was impressive. I think he won in uh, Mexico. Or that could be Evans. Actually, that was Evans. Probably Max he, Evans. He won in... Um... Sorry, Mitch Evans. Evans. Max Evans is a rugby player. Uh, where did he win? Max Gunter, he won in Diria. He won the uh, the second. That's in Saudi Arabia. Is that Saudi Arabia? Yeah, second Dirian Roll Free. And then also he's partnered by New Boy for next season, Jake Dennis, with a sort of quite an exciting. Jake Dennis is doing Formula E. Mm-hmm. Really? Doing sort of an exciting um, young yeah. driver partnership with uh, so rookie Jake Dennis and uh, son of son of Ron Dennis, Ron the Dennis. used to, to, to be in charge of McLaren. And uh, and Max Gunter, the young exciting German. So the funny thing is, when it came to I, I, I assumed you would say the one that I was, that I'm going to say. I tried to steer away from the obvious what, because what's the, I, obvious? My obvious, what's the obvious? What's the obvious? Well, you're gonna, you're gonna my obvious was Intervagos. Oh, wow. I heard. I, I, I said, would you also have been Imola? I said, I, I never thought about that either. <laughs> so there was me thinking. <laughs> there was me thinking. The only thing we can say is Indianapolis. I never thought about Intervagos. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of it. Uh, yeah. Imola. So, so what I thought here, because I thought they're going to say Indianapolis as well, so I'm going to have to be a bit more specific about <laughs> Indianapolis. So, See, I thought the two obvious ones for yeah. me would be Imola and Interlagos. Right. Okay, well, I, I should really talk about the Indy 500. It's one of the world's greatest races. I would say Indianapolis 500 along with Le Mans. Is, those are the two biggest races in the world. What about Monaco? No. I mean, people, say, people talk about Monaco. I, I say Monaco is just... You know, one of sixteen Grand Prix. Okay. Um, okay, it's a bit different, but but it doesn't for me. The, doesn't do it. No, it, it's, it's Le Mans and Indianapolis are the two races that everybody wants to win. I love Indianapolis Five Hundred, nineteen eighty nine Indy Five Hundred is a particularly good one. I recommend going to YouTube, watch the closing stages of that race. Very dramatic. What I like about Indianapolis, it's it's very I would describe it as gladiatorial. You got cars doing over two hundred miles an hour, you know, wheel to wheel, go around in circles. Yes, <laughs> yes. But I tell you what, if, if you watch it, you'll, you'll really get into it. A big fan of the Indy Five Hundred. But actually, I've gone for a particular because there was a didn't they used to hold uh, Formula One at Indianapolis. Yeah, they did. But but on a sort of a kind of a, the road circuit. Although they did use um, one of the uh, banked corners. I'm going to talk here about the 2005. Indianapolis Grand Prix, probably one of the. I think Me and Ed were minus one. You were minus one, yeah. but even though you were minus <laughs> one, you probably still, probably still heard about this race. It's probably maybe one of Formula One's worst races because what happened is that on the formation lap, all the teams on Michelin tyres pitted and didn't take part in the race. We only had yeah, six starters. Because there was an issue in qualifying with uh, the Michelin tyres on that final bank turn. I think it was Ralph Schumacher had a crash because his, his, his tyre um, let go. 
and Michelin couldn't guarantee the tyres would, would actually last a, a race distance intact. So all the Michelin runners pulled into the pits. We had, we had, so we had a Grand Prix with six cars. Yeah. And it was a Ferrari, probably a Ferrari 1-2. The Ferraris in 2005 weren't competitive. They got a 1-2. The other two cars were the two Jordans and the two Minardis. Got a bit sorry for the people who were there, expecting to see a you know, sort of 20-odd car grid and end, up, end up with six. Yeah. So <laughs> that was probably Formula 1's one of, one of the worst moments. What um, do you think is the worst, if you had to pick one? Well, if you're talking about worst moments, you'd have to say 94 Imola, where we lost out the centre and Rona Matsumoto in the same weekend. Um, but I, I would say that that 2005 US Grand Prix was was bad in terms of Formula One's image um, in the States. So they, they, at the time, they've always wanted to, to crack the US markets, and that obviously set them back quite a lot. Okay, uh, moving on. We've... I think we've got a new feature here. Yeah, we do. Um, Joe's Fact of the Week. Over to you, Joe. hand over to Joe. (laughs) So we've got a new feature where um, I'm coming up with a a new fact each week. So uh, this week we have got, in the first world championship, there was a Swiss baron, a Thai prince, and a jazz musician. Three of the drivers were over 50. Wow. Five of them were over 40. (laughs) And was won by Giuseppe Farina, Italian driver, as reference. Uh, oh, you mentioned him earlier, yeah. And he was 43 years old. So Farina uh, won the World Championship in the, in the first year. He was 43 years old. But he isn't the oldest F1 driver to have ever won a driver's championship. That title goes to Fangio. And, um, Do we have the year for that? We've got the year. Uh, yeah, I was going to make you guess. Okay. No, don't, 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 make guess. don't make you guess. <laughs> uh, I'll have a guess. I'll say 50... It has to be after 55. Eight. 58. Have we, just have a random I know guess, it has so. to be after 55. It, it is. Uh, 57. 57 is correct. Well, I only went 57 because Ed, Ed's very close. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it was 1957. He was 46 years old. I mean. Yeah. That seems quite young to me, 46, in all fairness. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's ages away. That's near retirement for me. <laughs> I couldn't dream of being 46 again. Right, let's move on. Um, thank you for that, Joe. We're moving on now to the weekend and predictions. Um, we are entering the very much the twilight of the racing before we before we calendar. go before we go back out of it again with, with a very short rest break I thought well, I'm quite pleased with that because back into March because of course there's no more MotoGP so I'm feeling a little yeah. bit sad because the best ever MotoGP season has come to an end and all we've got left now is Formula One what have we got this weekend uh, well this weekend we have the Bahrain Grand Prix on the normal track like okay ours. can I just say I'm less excited about this weekend. And I think you're agreeing with me here. Yeah. Yeah. And next, why are we excited about the following weekend? Because that is a different version it of is. the track. And this is, I think it's the outer. It's, the, it's the, kind outer. Of the outer loop, which has never been used for Grand Prix. Uh, isn't it going to be like rapid, isn't it? It is. It well, should be a sub-minute lap. In 2010, they used um, a, a different layout, but it's much longer. Um, it was a bit rubbish, actually. <laughs> but I'm quite excited about... The shorter layout, but that's actually the, about 80 laps. <laughs> the Monte well, it probably will exactly. be actually. Let's talk about that next week. So, Bahrain is an okay circuit, 
Yeah. Um, I mean, if it, it got taken off, would I be? Would no, you be that disappointed? No. 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 I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, wouldn't miss it. Care. I wouldn't miss no. it. No. no. I'd rather have Turkey. Definitely. Or Imola. In in, in, in I would. But let's hold fast till we have the the, the shorter version because that mm. could be really good. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to make predictions because it's just my standard thing. So, you, so I don't need to make a prediction. That is, but for new listeners, that is... Oh, well, that's easy. It's the usual Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. How interesting. Ed, what is your prediction? Um, Bahrain. Uh, normally, the Ferraris do quite well at Bahrain, but obviously, their cars are <laughs> a bit rubbish. Yeah. Um, so, I'm going to predict Hamilton win... Maybe Verstappen second, Bottas third. Yeah, part of me was tempted to, to, to do the same and switch Verstappen and Bottas yeah. around. Um, are you going to go any different, Joe? I am, just for the sake of being Bottas different. Bottas going to win, eh? I think, I, think, I think I sort of agree with you two, but yeah. just for the sake of being different, I'm going to go Verstappen, Bottas, Albon. To try and cement his piece, uh, place, try and make it even more confusing for Red Bull. So you're assuming that Hamilton will have some sort of mechanical issue or accident for that down. Because <laughs> it won't happen on, on pure pace, would it? Perhaps. So I'm crossing my fingers hoping something different or something like mine will happen, as I'm sure you are too. But yeah. um, we shall see. We shall see. Yeah, excellent. So I think that probably just about wraps it up for. Oh, no, no, it doesn't wrap it up. Because actually, Ed, you're quite keen to talk about um, Formula 2. Yeah, uh, one of my favourite championships is back on this week at Bahrain. I'm, I'm going to watch. I can't watch it it's on Sky Sports. As will I. I'll watch it. Yeah. Well, I can't. But I'm gonna, I am going to watch the YouTube, YouTube highlights. So I will yeah. do that. Ed, so tell us your predictions for Formula uh, 2. Well, in the championship fight at the moment, you've got the likes of Schumacher, Eilat and Tsunoda, I think. Um rounds are there left? I'm assuming uh, it's two. Two rounds, both at Bahrain, I think. Oh, so Bahrain is the... Yeah, I don't not, know if they're using the outer It's not around uh, Abu Dhabi, then? Don't think so. Okay. So, yeah. um, so um, I reckon it'll be a Callum Islet win. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Yuki Sonoda, P2, and then maybe, perhaps a bit of a surprise, maybe Jack Aitken. Okay. P3, I reckon Schumacher. I can't make any predictions because I have no knowledge of Formula 2. Joe, you want to make a prediction? Yeah, I'll go Schumacher, Eilat, Sonoda. So basically the same same people. Similar as Similar sort of. Similar, yeah. okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. To watching that. Mm-hmm. Right, excellent. Well, that does wrap now, it up. Now, that does That does wrap yeah. it up. Brilliant. So um, we will meet again next week. They can't. We haven't got that many episodes left in the series because we've only got two weeks left to turn and then we're no, straight back on it there's F1 and straight back on it in March so it's uh, as yeah. I said before it's, it's not it's not that it's not, it's not like cricket or football where it's got a big off season or well, normally, the, normally there so, would be a longer off season because of Covid the championship has spread out and waited. well it's ended much later isn't it actually yeah. also they're trying to next year we'll also start in so 2021 season starts in March ends in December so that is a very long season. That is a long season. Yeah, with the addition of um, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, but then taking out Hanoi. Well, which, so, yeah. which never happened, obviously. Yes. Excellent. Now for the which third... I can't say I'm too too sad about. No. For the third time this evening, that does wrap it up, doesn't it? <laughs> that, that, that does wrap it up. Excellent. Well, we'll meet again next uh, Friday. Um, so it's uh, good evening from me. Good evening from me. And good evening from Edge.
This was an SJC Radio production. The writers and presenters were Mr. Bird, Joe and Ed. And this week's episode was also produced and edited by Mr. Bird. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pit Stop with Mr. Bird. There's a few new things I want to make you aware of. We've got a new website, which you can find by going online to shows.acast.com forward slash pitstop, where you can also find links to our Twitter and uh, on the about page, more information about the hosts as well. We're also on lots more platforms in addition to where you're listening to us now. So we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and lots more, as well as TuneIn like we've been on since we started so head over to those platforms to subscribe on the most convenient one for you and find all our back catalogue of episodes to listen to again as well